0: Hi everyone, this is Dina McKay and welcome to a brand new episode of Black Tech Unplugged. You can find full show notes for this episode at blacktechunplugged.com. This is episode 13 and on this episode I have Antonio Brass. This episode is special because we recorded it live from Propelify Innovation Conference, which took place in Hoboken, New Jersey. On this episode, we discuss blockchain, cryptocurrency, networking and how to get your startup off the ground so let's get it hi everyone this is dina the host of black tech unplugged and i am live at propelify and i'm with antonio antonio how are you today
1: I'm doing good. I'm excited. It's uh, shaping up to be a beautiful day here in New York City. Yes. N- no rain, right? Yeah, stop. Thankfully, yes.
0: So, Antonio, <laughs> tell my listeners what you do exactly.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, I, I've i been in internal audit for 15 years in financial services. Um, business, IT audit, um, fraud investigations. Like I've kind of touched it all. Okay. Uh, working in banking and insurance and now... I'm leaving that world in two weeks, and I'm focusing on a, a cryptocurrency exchange startup.
0: So, okay, so I know you, you do a lot. So yes. let's start with the um, IT audit. So usually people don't really go to school for IT audit, so how did you get into that world?
1: So, uh, completely by accident. Um, there will be people, so it started with internal audit, then we moved into IT audit. Uh, everyone has the same story, went to college, studied, accounting I uh, IT compsci whatever it might be mm-hmm. and we go look for the big four accounting firm um, that didn't work out and then I heard about this thing called internal audit didn't know what it was um, took a job there and then I've been in it ever since okay and uh, so serendipity luck uh, accident <laughs> uh, fell into operational internal audit and then I had a comp I degree so I started having a passion to work in more, uh, IT related parts of the audit side and eventually transitioned over to that when I left New York life to, uh, AIG. Mm-hmm. So I started doing like integrated stuff, touching both ops and IT when I was at New York life. Okay. And then I became the IT auditor that understood business at AIG, mm-hmm. which, uh, which was invaluable to my career.
0: Really? What made it invaluable?
1: Um, I, I often hear from people, uh, in financial services uh they they talk a little derogatory about it people they're like they're dumb they don't understand business uh and what we really need i don't have to deal with that from them like Mm. they see all these financial designations near my name Mm -hmm. and um and i've often heard like hey it's a it's a breath of fresh air like you actually know what i'm talking about okay uh, it's uh definitely helped in marketing my career
0: that's kind of interesting, though, because right now we're in a world where fintech is like a big thing. Yep. So it's interesting that financial institutions kind of look down on tech people, you know?
1: Yeah, It's uh, I, I think there's a divide uh, between the language technology people talk and the language finance or business people talk. Okay. So they, they don't really, um, they have to find a way to bridge the gap. They mm-hmm. may be saying the same thing, and mm-hmm. they don't even know it.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I, I find I've often been been that bridge between the two. Mhm. Uh, so it's it's been a, which has made me valuable a lot for a lot of companies that want to bring me into that space.
0: Okay. So here you are. You're working and you're doing IT audit and yeah. you're in the financial sector, and then all of a sudden you want to do a startup. Yeah. Why do you want to do a startup?
1: Um, I. It wasn't... It all popped up this year in January. I, I'm i into... I like to learn about everything tech, so I started looking at cryptocurrencies in 2016. Okay. Trying to understand blockchain. Started actually trading it in November. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was like New Year's Eve weekend. I'm chilling with a friend. <laughs> I think I told you the story. Uh, uh, he's, tra- he's from Trinidad. And yeah. you're um, having whiskey, trading, and er- everything kind of went to hell in a handbasket where... Uh, exchanges were crashing and we're like as people in finance and tech in the traditional sense of it mm-hmm. like we expected a higher grade of service mm-hmm. from a lot of these fintech or exchanges and um, we're getting that and we're like we can actually do this better we have because we understand the tech side and we understand the business side and we understand regulations of mm-hmm. like we can actually do this and I think why we went forward is like we really did have that belief that we could pull this off. Okay. And uh, yeah, and then the ideas kept developing along the way.
0: So cryptocurrency. So I'm not a crypto genius. Yep. Let's go through the basics because I feel like they're everyone's learning it together. So from a basic standpoint, what is crypto to you?
1: It's about the blockchain technology first. Um, I think there there are over two thousand cryptocurrencies slash tokens or coins out there. So the my personal opinion is that I don't see them replacing regular currencies like the dollar, the euro, anytime soon. Okay. So there's, uh, there's too many of them. Uh, there needs to be a, a, a king or a winner or something, or a queen. Uh, <laughs> there needs to be a winner uh, at the end of the day where, you know, we've got a couple of years from all that shaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest part of it is the blockchain technology that is underneath that all. Mm-hmm. For all intents and purposes, it's a a cloud-based, computer-based ledger Mm -hmm. where people can record transactions and it's um, immutable. It's uh, not refutable. Uh, It it adds a layer of validity and um, uh, prevents a lot of fraud. So because multiple, there needs to be consensus to validate that transaction. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not one person signing off on something. It's a collective of people that hold the token or cryptocurrency that makes the blockchain work.
0: So for people who are kind of unfamiliar with blockchain, yeah. and I know that's what you're kind of implementing with your startup, explain what blockchain is.
1: Yeah, so um, I go back, I try to do it in layman's terms. It's essentially, you, you think about a financial ledger, right? right. Um, it, it's really that in a nutshell, but because, because you need the majority of people that help operate the blockchain to validate a transaction that's where it prevents uh, potential fraud mm-hmm. um, not that it's impossible it just makes it a lot more difficult mm-hmm. and uh, that's why a lot of companies are looking at it to um, record transaction, like be a goal, a, a goal source for data because okay. uh, there's less chances of someone going in there and uh, manipulating it
0: so do you think businesses will start getting more into blockchain soon and using that as a resource?
1: I believe so. Um, I know all of the companies I've worked for, they're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking at a way to either record transactions mm-hmm. or actually move money within their own um, within their own company network faster.
0: Okay. And so you have your startup and it's Blockquake. Why is it called Blockquake?
1: It's called Blockquake because um, when, when we have to figure out what we're trying to do, we're, we're trying to bring the world of traditional tech, uh, tech, traditional finance, and the whole regulatory stuff everyone's terrified of right now all together. It's going to be incredibly disruptive, okay. uh, which is why like, we, we thought about the concept of an earthquake. Right? Uh, when. We really believe when we roll out our type of exchange, mm-hmm. it's going to have that feeling to a lot of people like a earthquake just hit them, um, okay. hopefully in a positive way. Uh, that level of disruption where there's going to be people that love and hate us, right? People right. get used to the way something's done. And if you bring change into that, a particularly disruptive change where it just um, like the black swan event they talk about just mm-hmm. happening, people are going to get angry. They Some people don't want change they're not ready for change they just got used to the change that just happened to them right So right. Uh, we're gonna deal I know we're gonna get that backlash but there are gonna be a, a lot of other people that are gonna welcome the transparency aspect the working with regulators bring
0: and you mentioned disruption but a lot of times disruption is what makes the big new ideas come out. So that could be like something like Snapchat, which at the moment really isn't doing that great, but yeah. like Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. all the big social medias. Yeah. So won't, do you think your disruption to the Financial Institute will be met with that same kind of excitement?
1: I think so uh, because everything that we're going to try to do, because of the network that I've been involved in through my career, mm-hmm. uh, financial services, uh, regulatory work, um we can actually have and let them have a seat at the table together um like literally physically because this is new york city right um every major financial institution here every regulatory agency has an office here we can physically sit down with the parties that matter and bring those changes Mm -hmm. without like throwing them for a tailspin um they could sit down and we could hear their concerns and work with them to build it in while still moving the technology forward and the innovation without them being afraid right that's a lot of the Um, regulators and uh, the big financial companies it was just fear because all this is happening no one's really talking to them Mm and um, you know people get scared and they want to put their foot down on somebody and uh, (laughs) want to work with them and make sure like everyone's comfortable Let's move forward and not like stall each other.
0: Right. And we've been talking a lot about you have a startup, but we never fully explain to the listeners what you do. So what yeah. will your startup be involved in?
1: So our, our startup, uh, we plan on doing multiple projects, but our first one is a cryptocurrency exchange. And there are probably hundreds out there right now. So we often get the question like, how are you going to be different? Mm-hmm. And um, we're part of the difference is trying to be a one-stop shop for everyone. There's... A, A lot of cryptos that people are interested in so first and foremost offer as much as possible while avoiding the scams there's a lot of scams in the marketplace we need to be able to vet that Um, people are getting taken for the ride every day that's why like the regulators are getting so involved so we want to add that regulatory touch to it which doesn't exist where uh, they're engaged they're telling us what their concerns are and maybe even specific cryptos that are concerned we're working with uh, developers that have built stock, Forex, and other trading platforms mm-hmm. that can handle a lot more volume and have much better security than the current crypto exchanges. So that's uh, another aspect we're bringing in uh, security that you and I might be used to being from a traditional world of tech uh, that doesn't really exist yet in the crypto space. So we, uh, we're bringing that element in as well. And uh, we do want to create, after this project, we want to create our own blockchain. We don't know what that will look like yet. Mm -hmm. We want to meet with different people like yourself, regulators, whoever else, Mm kind of hear what people are looking for out there and see if we can develop a solution for that.
0: Awesome. And when are you going to be officially launched?
1: We intend for our exchange to be live around October. We are starting development in June. Our developers are saying they can have it up and running in three months. You and I are in tech. We know that. Yeah, yeah. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. i like, right. you and I are in tech. I do tech audit. But like, someone tells me they're going to get such a complex exchange up and running in three months. I'm like, no, I'm going to tell people four months, October. Right. Play Because we we have to test it. We're going to try to break it. Um, wow. Which is part of my work background. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I'm estimating October. Okay. and And it's ideal. Um there's this year-end craze in the crypto space where people go nuts for trading cryptocurrencies the year end of the last three years. So we're going live at the right time. Okay. Uh, I don't know why that is, but it is.
0: Okay. So uh,
1: I feel like everything works out for a reason. We wanted to start development in January when we had the idea, mm-hmm. but we've learned so much more about security and the regulations that are taking shape and the way financial institutions are looking at it. We get to leverage that knowledge now.
0: So you're doing a tech startup. This is like one of your first tech startups. Yeah. What are some lessons you've learned so far with doing a tech startup?
1: Um, the team, more than anything else. Mm. Uh, it's less about the logistical stuff and the technical aspects uh, with startup life. Um, I, we talked about how uh, when we did our one-on-one previously that I trained as an ontological coach as well. So right. like that has really come into play where... It's the relationships, it's the connection, and um, making sure everyone's communicating with each other and there aren't side conversations happening. We're a team, and that's most important when you start Mm -hmm. um, a brand new company.
0: Right.
1: The failures that happen, it's not because you don't have a good idea. It's not even because you found all the technical ways to make it happen. It's the bickering, it's the infighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's those things that crop up, and we do deal with it occasionally, Um, but I think we've got most of the right people in place to handle it, but yeah, I've easily seen things in our startup where if we didn't have people in the team with a certain awareness, Mm -hmm. we could easily blow up and this would have fell apart already.
0: Wow. And I know I've had experiences where I work with people and I just, you know, some people just don't fit the vision. They don't have the same passion. What do you look for when you're looking to build the team and expand the team? What characteristics are you looking for?
1: I'm so glad you brought that up about the same vision and passion. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to raise seed capital right now, but I'm not willing to take money from anyone. Uh, we've turned money down because oh. the person didn't line up with our vision in the long-term picture. Um, and Some of the people we've talked to, I said, hey, we, we don't just want to do this project. We want to do these other projects, including um having a non-profit uh subsidiary that focuses on giving back to charities and other causes around the globe uh, that's a big thing to me i'm i'm all about being blessed so i can bless others uh you know if i grew up in a very old school churchy environment fortunately learned the right lessons in it and um you know I'm, i i like to volunteer i have done overseas volunteering i've done local volunteering and um you know it's near and dear to me to make sure I'm helping others like I I don't care to be rich if I'm not doing something to make the world a better place right. so to your point about who to bring into the team those are the people I'm looking for where it's about more than them
0: and so when you're taking money from investors let's touch on that a little bit so you mentioned that you don't take money for it from just anyone yeah. how important is it to know the background of the investors that you're taking money
1: from uh, it's very important like I I want to not just hear about the professional background I want to hear about like hey your family your life what do you do for fun Um, and I do ask like hey uh, do you do you get involved in volunteering causes what do you do charity event whatever it is I I want to know about the person uh, in totality because if they're giving you their money, you're going to be talking with this person for a while. Right. Yeah. You might be grabbing drinks with them, having dinner with them, and, and you want to make sure you click and you have that connection, and it's not only about the money.
0: So from your perspective, if you're, you're trying to get investing and in funding, what are like the number one thing Oh, that number
1: learned? one thing, know your value. Mmm. Um, okay. I, I, what I'm and because this is very minority gear, this is especially important. Um, a lot of people when they start up their startup uh, they they sell themselves short like they they're trying to get that seed capital there's a desperation that sets in when it's not coming in and they're well they're willing to sell themselves short and forget about why they went into it and what their real value is um, and I, I find that particularly prevalent in our minority community okay. maybe it's because of their life, their life and what they've dealt with, where, hey, I just need to get my foot in the door at any cost. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to like check that at the door and uh, leave that behind. Um, I think I've seen it show up sometimes uh, in some of the, some of our extended uh, network of partners where like, oh, let's just try to get the money, give it whatever we can. And I'm like, no, um, we know why we're doing this. We know what our value is. We know what we're bringing to the table. Right. And we're willing to negotiate up to a certain extent otherwise anyone that wants to essentially disrespect us regarding what we're bringing to the table then we just don't work with them um everyone's a person of faith on the team whatever they believe in i'm like hey we all think there's a higher purpose to this why we're involved Mm -hmm. we got to believe that it's going to work out But we all see the signs every day uh in our lives like we're moving the right direction so let's just keep it going
0: right And actually, so you kind of brought up, you know, being a person of color and being in this industry. Yeah. And we kind of talk about because of the way that you look that it's kind of you're kind of it's ambiguous sometimes when you go to different events. Yeah. So from your experience, how do you feel like diversity in tech is doing right now? Obviously, it's a hot topic. Yeah. So from your perspective, what are some like situations you've experienced networking, especially with trying to fund a business?
1: Yeah, it's, um, I've been actually pleasantly surprised recently. Okay. Um, The majority of people I've met in tech and both finance that will be helping us in the startup Mm -hmm. um, are a minority background. Um, Okay. And I naturally met them. Um, So there's still a need for more people in tech, Mm -hmm. but I can, I feel comfortable saying, like, we're going the right direction, right? It's expanding. Mm -hmm. Um, Podcasts and shows like yours help. it it brings attention to the topic and uh, there are decision makers that are sitting in tech and finance companies that get to hear about this stuff and and they become more aware that their team needs to be more diverse and they go reach out and get that talent and we're actually it's in my sphere of awareness to where we want our team to be diverse as well Mm -hmm. you know it shouldn't look just one way it shouldn't be all men uh shouldn't be uh, all white shouldn't be all black all brown whatever like mm-hmm. let's just bring the best talent from different diverse ethnic and gender backgrounds if possible
0: okay and you mentioned something where you said in the finance world that people notice that there's kind of a lack of diversity and they're working on bringing more people in yeah. do you feel like tech is doing that as well
1: I I think they're getting there. Finance, uh, I think, is more ahead of the curve just because um, they're very client-facing, right? Right. So uh, you have to put forward people that represent your clients, and these financial companies are global. Right. So it's just good business. They they get that it's good business, right? right? Right. Yeah.
0: Do you have any insight into what you believe that people should work on in order to bring diversity and bring people of color into tech? Because you've seen it from the financial side, yeah. but what do you think from the tech side?
1: From, from the tech side, um, I think uh, just more recruiting efforts. Um, I think the companies need to understand as well, like there is the talent out there mm-hmm. and go look for it more. Um, I, uh, I think it's a corporate decision. Like those companies need need to get out there like you're doing your part I, uh us as uh minorities and people of color we have to keep doing our part to kind of beat the drum and uh let people know like hey we do exist right um, not everyone is eastern european and indian uh <laughs> in tech i make that joke because um i find all of our uh, almost all the developers that outsourcing goes to mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of these uh, IT companies, Eastern European and Indian. Really? Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of that. As we get our own technology vendors, mm-hmm. and we dig deeper to find out who's who's it being outsourced to do code development, like everyone's kind of of the same background. I'm like, we got we've got talent here. Some of my mm-hmm. business partners are African, like from Africa. You know, born and raised in Africa or their parents from Africa. Right. There's a lot of talent uh, coming out of that community as well. And um, I think just there needs to be more light showing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and our part is just kind of yelling it from the mountaintop. Uh, right. And, and uh, on the executive part, like, so, so people like me um, where I might have the ear of hiring managers mm-hmm. in some cases, like I can speak to that, to them, like, hey, um, go check out these different job hiring programs. Some might be minority geared. Go take a look at it. Don't just go to the generic job conferences uh, to to pick up resumes. Right. Right? So uh, I I think those are things that can be done.
0: So and another thing that we talked about, and you kind of started getting into it, is networking. So, like, knowing the right people. Yeah. And you're big on networking, and I'm very much the same way. So tell my listeners just, like, why you're, why do you believe your network is basically your net worth?
1: Oh, I love the way you said that. <laughs> um, it's so true, too. Um, for me, networking is about just helping other people without expecting anything in return. Um, I had mentioned before that I like to go to college campuses and speak to students about uh, it audit and audit in general as a career right and um it's one of the things i'm touching with them like get out there go to events volunteer and network that way just get out there help people even in the day job offer to do other things um that naturally expands your uh the people in the base uh, base of people that you know um and they remember that like people just remember like hey, Antonio helped me out with XYZ years ago. Let me reach mm-hmm. out to him. Um, I'm looking to do something, and I might be able to partner with him on it. Or they might hear that I'm working on something, and because I helped them with something, they'll reach out on, of their own accord to help me out. Mm-hmm. And um, there can't be that quid pro quo going on. Like You have to real do it from your heart. Like right. People know. If if you're helping someone (laughs) for something in return, people feel it, right? They sense it. Right. I've had people say to me, like, all right, Antonio, I'm going to go network that way. I really want something, though, but I'm going to pretend I'm just trying to help. But I'm like, people know. Right. Just genuinely uh, network by getting out there, meeting and helping people with um, what's important to them. And, you know, hopefully it's important to you, too then it's much more genuine and authentic.
0: Right. But you know you're an anomaly, right? Because most people do not want to just help other people, as bad as that kind of sounds. But you know what I mean. They want something in return for helping. Yeah. So I'm very happy that you say you help people just because you want to help.
1: Yeah. And and, uh, to that point, uh, we all want something for ourselves at the end of the day. I just have this uh, deep-rooted belief that it'll happen at the right time.
0: So it's
1: um, almost like a little bit of karma. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, i uh, firm believe in karma and the golden rule. Uh, those are things that I, I've held close to, my, to me my entire life. Yeah. Um, and I've always seen examples of it. Just you do right by people, things come back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the people that lack the patience uh, regarding helping others and just waiting for their day, mm-hmm. um, there might not be that belief there. So they... They try to force the, force the hand.
0: Yeah, and then that doesn't turn out well yeah. at all. Yeah. So in other regards to networking, so you have a huge network, and that's kind of how we met was through both of our networks. But from your perspective, where do you find good people to network with? Is there a certain events that you go to? Where
1: do you go? Uh, yeah, uh, through different events uh, for the most part. Um, and it's not always professional, right? Like I might go to an audit event, I might go to a cybersecurity event, or I'll go to a charity event and I'll connect with people. Um, might be a church event. Uh, I, I might go to a concert or whatever. it is Something that that I connect with. Right. Um, a startup event, and you just start talking to people, and and everyone um, kind of talks about what they do and. You end up staying in touch. I went to a real estate event to support. Um, So we have a number of attorneys for our startup. Mm -hmm. And they're doing work for us, and I try to go to their startup event to support them.
0: What is your question? Okay. I'm
1: somebody looking to get into the IT industry. Let me ask you, what advice would you give 10-year-old Antonio, and what advice (laughs) would you give 21-year-old Antonio? Wow, that, that's a really good question, um, oh, so the advice I'd give 10, 10 year old Antonio is stop being so shy. Um, I look back on my life and growing up I, I'm naturally introverted and as much as I've succeeded in my career it could have been leaps and bounds ahead um, had I uh, not been as shy and afraid to talk to people. Like, we we talked earlier about knowing your value. I was one of those people growing up, even at at 21 in college, where um, I didn't know my value, and I kind of stayed in the shadows. And, um, you know, that that definitely hurt my career, as successful as my career has been. Um, It still, you know, put me behind the eight ball, so to speak. So I, I would tell my younger self at 10 and 21, hey, just step up. You know who you are. Own it. You're joining the We've been waiting
0: for you. Now, what's your name? My name is Johnny. Okay, Johnny. So your girlfriend told us that you were really into cryptocurrency. Antonio here has a startup for cryptocurrency. Building an
1: exchange. Yep.
0: So we just wanted, and we were talking to your girlfriend, so how did you get into cryptocurrency? Maybe if there's any questions you want to ask Antonio, or
2: got into it just by um, the Bitcoin, the big Bitcoin boom. And before like, it got big, yeah. I heard a lot of different things about it. And I was always skeptical about it because it came out of nowhere. Yeah. It disappeared out of nowhere. The blockchain, cryptocurrency, nobody, yeah. you know who developed it, but nobody really knows the background yeah. of the person. So I was always skeptical about it. Over time, yeah. I realized it's something real. I looked at the blockchain, I looked at the white papers. Yeah. I realized it's something very beneficial because yeah. it pretty much it tracks everything. Yeah. As a record keeping yeah. of everything, nobody can go in and change anything about it. That's what makes it so unique. So, yeah. I definitely like that feature, and I feel like it's going to be something big in the future. I yeah. feel like it is going to be the new currency in the way. Yeah.
1: I actually love that. He explained it better than me. He just <laughs> like kept it simple. He was like, the, the blockchain tech, it's about record keeping that people can't mess
2: can uh, with. Yeah. I love like Yeah. a lot of banks, a lot of different people, but, but yeah.
0: So what do you do right now? What are you currently doing?
2: Right you... now, I, really, I want to develop an application that uses the blockchain, pretty much. I use that market-keeping technology. Um, so right now, I'm just in the process of developing that technology and application. Um, if I can, like, as someone that's building an exchange for all these
1: cryptocurrencies, like I'm curious uh, what your frustrations are with the industry
2: right now, and as a trader or uh, potential app developer main frustration is pretty much just putting everything together, because you know so many different pieces that go into it, yeah. and that's pretty much just getting everything to fit in okay. the right place. Because you know it's a new technology, so all the components are not really that, you can't really plug them in right into the internet, everything's not really all there yet, I yeah. feel like. So I feel like it needs a little bit more time to like finish getting, being developed, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. I'm with
0: that. So if you started doing your app?
2: I started working on the design and the basics of it, but I really haven't really hired anybody because I don't know how to code myself, so I'm pretty much just the designer. I'm the designer, and I have the main idea, but I need somebody to go in and
1: code it and put it together. Yeah, and um, kind of to speak to that point, uh, for a lot of people looking to do their own tech startup, um, that's the approach we're taking. I actually know how to code and program, but I'm not doing it. It's not an efficient use of my time. like you and I are the guys with the ideas and the picture, the vision, and the way we think should think things that it should look, right? Um, we should focus on that, and you get someone that can focus on the coding, and you give them the business requirements, right? And have them code it. They're the subject matter expert. They can get it done faster. I know guys that are bootstrapping and coding their own crypto exchange. Um, they only have like four coins on their exchange. It took him over a year to code it. Oh, wow. Like it it's just better like keeping it high level, like, you're the guy with the ideas and have someone execute the day to day on it.
2: Yeah. The only thing with that though is you don't know what that other person is doing technology pretty much, especially if you are to somebody over like in a different country yeah. where you don't have direct access to that person. You really don't know what exactly they're doing. Yeah. You don't know who else are giving your technology to. So uh, and that's this is my main frustration yeah. also.
1: And this is where Dina can speak to agile methodology, where that comes in handy. So for us, uh, we'll be using that. Where our developer for the exchange, they're based out in Arizona, the parent company, but The developers are in Eastern Europe and we're gonna have calls with them like every other day. And we're gonna fly out to Arizona periodically. So we're gonna create that constant dialogue to remove some of that discomfort where like they feel far away. Nice to meet you guys. I threw an Agile methodology there. I know that you got a background in that.
0: Yes, so I do Agile. I am Scrum Master certified. So for people who don't know what Agile is, it's a methodology that people use to build their products. And what they do instead of taking requirements and showing the results at the end, there's iteration. So at each iteration, whoever you're building for is able to see what you're building in the process. So a lot of people and a lot of companies are moving to Agile. And I know you said you had a interesting conversation about agile the other day
1: yeah I actually talked to someone that's a uh, executive ontological coach at IBM okay and um, specializing in agile uh, working with the team out there uh, she happens uh, to be a minority woman too from Thailand okay and uh, we we're just talking and she expressed uh, some of the same things I've been seeing where people get taught this new thing and it's really about communication and dialogue and the feedback loop but people want to take everything and create this process out of it. Right. And, um, they're like oh wait this agile methodology looks great let's build this structure around them like no stop it's not it's not supposed to be like that. Right. Uh, and um, so we we're talking about how people want to go back to their old change management ways where let's set up a meeting a week from now instead of you know it's really about rolling with it to a certain degree yeah we were talking about how people are having a hard time getting on board with that concept
0: interesting yeah people it's Uh, hard to get people to get into agile there's a lot of pushback because everyone's used to waterfall and doing everything like with certain documentation and doing it a certain way that they don't want to switch to a different methodology so i definitely understand the pushback and getting people to adjust to this new way of thinking yeah. Yeah. well Antonio we've had a good conversation okay, today but I, I want do. the listeners to know where they can find you so what are some social media links where can they find you online Oh yeah, um, uh, my,
1: I mean uh, Antonio brass uh, by my name okay. everything's pretty open and public so you can find me on LinkedIn Instagram Facebook wherever and um, you could uh, connect with me that way and uh, I'm pretty uh, good at checking in on everything so it's like okay. uh, I look at my messages every day every other day so if uh, you want to if anyone wants to connect around uh, just anything minority related and breaking into an industry or if it's specific to tech or crypto um, IT audit financial services whatever I'm there
0: um, Yeah. awesome well thank you for your time today we're gonna go enjoy yeah. the rest of the festival That's and it. hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode Thank you for listening to episode 13 of Black Tech Unplugged featuring Antonio Brass. If you're a new listener or haven't subscribed already, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whatever method you use to listen and subscribe today. And if you really enjoy the show and the content that I'm making, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Or you could send a review to blacktechunplugged at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to share with your friends on social media using hashtag BlackTechUnplugged. Until next time.